0: Welcome back to through Student Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we jump into the Gospel of Luke. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, reads, "...inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the Word have delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty concerning the things that you have been taught. In the days of Herod king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years." And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord. And he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years." And the angel answered him, "'I am Gabriel.' I stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. And the people were waiting for Zechariah, and they were wondering at his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them, and they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple. And he kept making signs to them and remained mute. And when his time of service was ended, he went to his home. After these days his wife Elizabeth conceived... And for five months she kept herself hidden, saying, Thus the Lord has done for me in those days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. In those days Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. And they made signs to his father, inquiring what he wanted him to be called. And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, His name is John. And they all wondered. And immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue was loosed. And he spoke, Blessing God. And fear came on all the neighbors. And all these things were talked about through all the hill country of Judea. And all who heard them laid them up in their hearts, saying, What then will this child be? For the hand of the Lord was with him. And his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people, and he has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to show the mercy promised to our fathers, and to remember His holy covenant. The oath that He swore our father Abraham to grant us, that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve Him without fear, and holiness and righteousness before Him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare His way, to give knowledge of salvation to His people and the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high." to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance to Israel. Wow, so many things that we could talk about here in the first chapter of Luke. But remember, we're really just trying to focus on one thing each day that we try to draw from an anchor that we can place our faith in that encourages us and allows us to interact with God in his word each day. So as we look here at the Gospel of Luke, uh, a little bit about Luke. Luke is a Gentile writer and probably the only Gentile writer in the New Testament that we are aware of. And so he is not a Jewish individual. And so he's going to come about things in a little bit different way. He's also a physician. And so we're going to see that he focuses in a lot on the healing ministry of Jesus, as well as many other things. That a physician, a detail oriented person would be looking at. And so we look at the first verse of this chapter, and really it's the first sentence that takes four verses to complete that shows us what's happening here in his gospel. He dedicates this to a man called Theophilus, literally the lover of God, but he says, Hey, I'm going to compile a narrative of these things that have taken place from the beginning, from eyewitnesses and the ministers that have been present for these things. So he goes and he researches and he does this for the purpose of finding the details to give and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we see from history that he goes and he interviews different people, people like Peter, people like Mary, these people who are involved in the situations that he's going to talk about. Later when we look at the book of Acts, we're going to see that he accompanies Paul, talks with Paul and others that are a part of that. He goes to these main primary sources to gather information, to write the gospel accounts. And so knowing that, we should know that there's going to be some things in here that we haven't seen previously. Just in this chapter, when we look down, At the details that he provides for John the Baptist in his origin, as well as the conversations with Zechariah and Elizabeth, with the angels, as well as what we see for the account of Mary's visit of the angel, then the prophecy of Zechariah, as well as the Magnificat of Mary, these are things we haven't seen in other places. But we see that these types of situations are coming because of Luke and his focus on details. So as we read through this gospel, we're going to be covering the same material that we've already seen in Matthew and Mark. But we're going to be seeing Luke's specific focus of providing all of the details that he can for us so that he can create the greatest assurance in our faith as he writes the good news of Jesus Christ in this situation. So as we look in here, we see so much about Jesus and so much about John the Baptist as well that we haven't seen in the other Gospels. And so we think about the focus that he has in saying, hey, I'm going to provide these details, historical events, interactions between people that we haven't seen or heard before, to further validate the message of Jesus Christ, that he is the one who has come to be the savior of his people. That he is, in the words of the angel Gabriel, who appears here to Mary, he is the one who will be great and will be called the son of the most high. He will rule on the throne of his father David in the reign of the house of Jacob, and his kingdom will have no end. He's the one of who Zechariah says his son being John that he will be the prophet of the most high being Jesus and will go before the lord to prepare his way to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins and so that gospel will be on display here throughout Luke's account how we see John and others Mary, Zachariah, Elizabeth, being a part of that story, giving us these firsthand eyewitness events when at all possible for him to do that and compiling the stories that he hears and putting that into a very detailed account of the gospel. And so as we walk through that, look at those details, search on those things. It'll be great for us as we discuss that together, because with all of those details, we also get a great opportunity for us to have some questions about the text. One obvious question is, why didn't somebody already do what Luke is doing? So Luke is kind of in a unique situation in terms of being a Gentile, as well as being a physician. And so it's important for us to understand that medicine was not the same as it was back then, but he would have been a man with means. And so he would have had the ability to move around a little bit more than some of the other people that we meet who are part of what we see in the New Testament. And so as we see, he gives up time. If we look in the book of Acts, we see that he travels for more than two years around with Paul and the others in the imprisonment that Paul has. And so he's out here gathering this material, focusing on this in a way in which others haven't. And uh, that's going to be a unique opportunity for him that would not have been afforded to the others. It's also important that we understand that he had not been commissioned like the disciples or the other people to be solely focused upon doing what God had asked them to do. And so you look at people like John, who's later going to be writing things that we're going to be reading about. He's doing that at a later part in his ministry, but we don't really have all of the details that we might want From somebody who was there firsthand. And so, even when we get to John, we're going to see that John is not really going to give us the details. In fact, his purpose is a little bit greater in terms of taking us the step beyond and preparing us for the next chapter of what Christianity looks like, where these first three gospels are really focused on showing these details. And so, Matthew's done a great job focusing on the Jewish. Audience, When we look at Mark, it's a very rapid fire thing. Luke is getting straight down to the nitty gritty, the details, everything that he can provide. He has placed in here for the purpose of giving us assurance of faith. And so as we walk through this, we're going to see these different details that he's giving us. We're going to ask questions about some of those too. For example, some people use the Magnificat, Mary's song of praise here, to say that, hey, this means that we should be worshiping Mary. But when we look at the rest of this passage, what's happening, and even in that prayer, she refers to herself as the humble estate of his servant in verse 48. When we look back at what her parting words are with the angel, she said, "...behold, I am a servant of the Lord." Let it be for me according to your word. When we think about that, a servant is not the one who's to be worshiped, but the one that that servant is serving. And so the worship is due to God, our Father, as well as Jesus Christ, the one that she carries in her. She is certainly blessed to have the opportunity to do that. But with that blessing, we're going to see that there's also a great weight that she is going to carry, seeing the things that happens to her child, seeing what takes place in that. We see that Mary is going to be along for this journey and some very visible aspects, too. But when we think about that, when we look here at this passage, there's nothing here calling us to worship her. The confusion comes with verse 48 For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. When we think about that, we have many blessed people around us. We call people blessed for many things. This is a significant blessing that she has from the Lord, but nothing in terms of us trying to worship her for that. And so that's important to note, as it's a common question that comes out of this passage, too. So as you study, hey, there's so much here. Look for one question that you can answer. Seek an answer for that. Dig into God's word. Speak on that with others. And know as you do that, you're growing in your ability to learn and understand the good news of the Jesus Christ that we're learning about here in Luke's account. And know today you are loved.